Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Heart of Sports with Jason Springer and Jeff Cohen. We are thrilled to join you on 610 ESPN, ready to help you move into the weekend talking about all the news in the world of sports. Want to get on the phone? Give us a call, 888-728-9941. Jeff, our first time back in studio after Thanksgiving. Did you have a good one with the family? I'm a little full. How about you? Well, I've had time to digest, so I'm had, good now. had a chance to go down to Clemson and see what a real Southern football game is like. All right, so so tell me... You went to see a Clemson football game. Your son is is looking at all different colleges around the country, and mm-hmm. you're using it as an opportunity to go see every college football stadium <laughs> that's out there. Uh, tell me what it was like to see a Clemson game because I love seeing it on TV. Uh, look, I, that I, atmosphere. I, I came. You're from a Michigan, Michigan man, so you're big not school. The whole thing. I I've never seen anything like this. Okay. Uh, we we went down. It's a did seven. You ru- p- did you rub that rock thing? We walk by it. Walk Howard's by. Rock is kind of a pebble. It's not really that big. <laughs> That's disappointing. But, but we got down there at like 9 a.m. to walk a, do a tour of the campus, but everybody was already there for a 7 p.m. game. They're ready to tell Th- you? There were over a thousand of those Clemson party tents up all over Did the Did you bring place. your own party? Were you prepared or did you like No, to... I wasn't. Come we on, We even had to Jeff. go to the store to buy stuff to wear. I expect better. But- some guy had a smoker that he brought in on a truck. He actually pulled it on the back of a truck. Are you jealous? I am. <laughs> Did it, you ask him if he no, could share I, his food? <laughs> who, who would not want a smoker that large? Well, let, let's start with a little college football this week. At 4.30, we're going to be joined by Keith Pompey to talk a little Sixers, find out what in the world is going on with Markel Fultz. Flyers in turmoil, Eagles going on. But let's start with a little college football. Jeff, um, I'm just going to have to get this out of the way. What happened to your Michigan football team last week? All right, you got it out of the way. Can we move on? (laughs) (laughs) That's all you want to (laughs) say? I felt bad. Somebody's got a very conservative coach. Is he still going to be your coach next season? uh, I don't know. Okay. It's gotten to the point where... Uh, somebody texted, a friend of mine texted me. And said I always that, enjoy the reactions of your friends. Yeah, I know. Is, is, is that uh, football season has become something to pass the time until basketball season. Oh. Yeah. Well, so, for, look, for Rutgers, we're, thankfully we can at least watch basketball now. Football season was a time to pass the time to basketball to pass the time to something else. <laughs> so, you know, what can you do there? All right, let's get into it. College football current standings. Alabama at one, Clemson two, Notre Dame three, Georgia mm-hmm. four surprises, stories. Explain to me how UCF is ranked behind Michigan right well, now. Well, so you want to know my my friend's text. One of them was, how is Michigan number seven after getting bl- their doors blown off by Ohio State? Six, 60 points or something like and, that? And, and, my, and my response to that was, look who's number eight. It's UCF. They really hate and, UCF. And as much as I made fun of UCF, because they wanted their participation trophy for last year and called themselves national champions when they weren't, they're getting totally hosed now. Because the You've f- come around. The, the, no. <laughs> I, look, I, st- I still think they're not good, and they can't win without having their star player. That was now an out. ugly, ugly yeah, it's a, it's injury a shame, to their but, quarterback last but week. But the fact is they deserve to be ranked higher. They are undefeated. And what's become – the thing that people used to complain about is – when they used to just do the AP poll and what used to be the UPI poll that's now the coaches poll, am I dating myself? Do you even remember what UPI is? <laughs> I love it when you ask questions like, do you even remember? Do yes, you? I okay. remember when All there right. were two separate polls No, out no. There. Do you remember it was called UPI? I remember UPI. the UPI poll, okay. Jeff. I'm not that young. All right, fine. Go ahead. Young whippersnapper. Keep, keep going. <laughs> so it, you, they used to complain of bias that because the polls were just set up to prop up whoever they wanted to. Now what they do is 
these college football rankings are set up for what they want to happen or what they think is going to happen in the future. Or what they don't want to happen. Right. And what so, they don't want to happen is UCF in their top four. Right. So they so move through Michigan down and Ohio eight. State in between them. Right. And then this way they've got a fallback team so that Let, they don't have to face go to UCF. Is there any is there any scenario where Michigan can make it to the final four? The answer is no. So there shouldn't be. There shouldn't be. But there should be a scenario that's it's not going to happen. But if Ohio State gets blown out by Northwestern, okay, which is not it's not going to happen. If Oklahoma gets blown out by Texas, and Alabama completely blows the doors off of Georgia, then who should be the fourth team in? It should be UCF. But, but they're going to have an argument that Michigan's ahead of them, but they're not going to put Michigan in. So either Oklahoma or Georgia, or Ohio State is still going to get in, even if they get, even if all three of those get their blow, their doors blown off. And Michigan's and not playing another game, so they're not going to lose. So. Yeah, but you see, and here's the other th- the other thing that drives me nuts that's happening now, and and I'm not saying I blame the players, that once you're not in that final four, players start declaring very quickly, which makes the bowls almost useless. Because well, some, it's some, not the some better... would say that many of them were already used. Right. I enjoy them and sit and watch. Yeah, all, if you like the pageantry them. and stuff like that, but but it's become not the best team usually wins a bowl in these secondary bowls. It's usually the team that has p- most players coming back because a lot of their better players go. Like I was at the Orange Bowl a couple of years ago, and I I still have a bad taste in my mouth of that game because Julius Pepper, uh, I mean uh, Jabril Peppers. Didn't play. Didn't play, but he was catching punts before the game. Mm-hmm. And there's some of us that believe that, that maybe he was protecting himself. We don't know, but it there's at least that feeling. And and so now Michigan has Rashawn Gary, who's a New Jersey native, who's announced he's going pro and doesn't know if he's going to play in the bowl game because the bowl game doesn't matter, which is another reason that they should make it eight teams. I mean – there's a million reasons. You know to make where it I that stand. Way. I want an eight-team playoff. I don't like the four-team playoff. I'd rather not have conference championships with an eight-team playoff than see Northwestern play Ohio State with no shot of actually making so, anything so other than a better bowl. So here's what I want you to do: give me one. Just the question you wrote give, down. You weren't telling me about. No, or, no, no. Oh, this is something else you're coming with. I'll give, tell you. Give, give me one good reason that they've come up with for why it's only four teams. Well, I think, I'm not saying that you have to think it's a good. I reason. don't think it's a good reason, what but they say the that reasons? any number is going to be arbitrary. So if it's eight, uh, so you don't do the, anything. If it's eight, then the teams that are nine and ten will complain. If it's fine. four, then the well, that's but how then you I still feel. have the debate. That's, that's how, fine. That's how I feel. I'd rather have the debate about whether nine and ten deserve to be there than whether five and six deserve to be there and who five and six and seven should be. Because that's where I think you get the politics played. Is those teams right outside four? Between four and eight, like they're doing with UCF this year. There's just no reason. The Co- team hasn't lost in two years. College basketball, that when they expanded from 32 to the next number to 40, there was always an excuse. And now we're at the, uh, a play in of four to make it an extra four teams. So it's 68 instead of 64. There's always a reason to expand, there's absolutely no reason. To keep it as four. I because actually thought they would because it how means many power more money. Conferences are there? It means, see, here's what doesn't make sense to me. Money drives everything. They would make more money. Who? The NCAA would make more money 
by having eight and eighteen Remember, playoff it's not, than having it's a fourteen. It's not playoff. really the NCAA for football anymore. Well, the conferences would get the money. It's the from power, it. but the problem is, but, is e- even though there's now what FCS and FBS instead of Division One and Two, you're making three, our listeners drive off the road. It's ridiculous that they keep doing of, this. Well, they did it, not me. <laughs> just want to be clear. <laughs> they, they, they fell asleep while <laughs> yeah. you were going through the alphabet of organizations. Right. So it's FBS, and, but it's not even that because there's the Power Five conferences, which consists of the Big 12, the Big 10, the ACC, the Pac-12, and who am I leaving This was out? funny when, I, when you said that there's a uh, football game tonight, and I said, that's right, the Mountain West has their championship, and you go, they're not a real conference. <laughs> right, I meant Pac-12. <laughs> Your reaction But, but, but that's my point. Is, is So you have other conferences – that, that don't matter to the Power Five conferences. What you should do, and, and I know people don't want to have, what like, God forbid, Pitt beats Clemson tomorrow, okay? Then You're going to you have, have a, to ask Keith about you, that. You have, yeah, but then you have a four-loss team. So what? It's just like the NCAA basketball tournament. You should have the five winners of their conference tournaments have two wild cards and one from these other conferences, See, I, I don't, including the Mountain I don't West. like that because of the way they have the conferences set up. Why? Because you got... Uh, look, look at the Big Ten. You've got Michigan, Penn right. State, and Ohio State. They're going to beat each other up. Mm-hmm. And a team like Northwestern is going to play a weaker conference, and they're going to win the game, and all of a sudden that's they're going to the be in con- there. But that's that's for the conference, individual conferences to sort but out to figure they, out how they're going to do it. But until they change that, you're you're just not – I don't think there should be a conference championship. I think you should play the season, and they should play as many games against each you other. You believe there should be a conference champion, but not a championship. N- yes, right? I think the championship game is about making money. It's not about finding the best team because you could have the best teams well, playing the it, same conference. But all of it's about making money. But th- but they're being short sighted because they can make even more money anyway. No, no, it's, no. So we're now we're back to your statement that this all started with is who's who do you think is making more money if they if they expand it. Well, the teams would make more money because they Which would get teams? payout the teams that play in those no. games. See, yes. that's, that's not how it works. They get money if they it go to the bowl It goes to the game. conferences. It doesn't, it doesn't go to the teams. The, t- the teams within the conference split the money. But you would still think that they would want to do that. The conferences would get more money if they were in two extra big eight They're protecting games. something, and the, the only thing that they could be protecting is money. Which means somehow they're getting large amounts of money from all of these bowl games, some of which are ridiculous. Does anybody want a shirt that says Gasparilla Bowl? You know, I knew you were going to pick a ball game and just rip on them. We have no problem with Gasparilla Bowl. We have no. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> we are not sponsored by the Gasparilla we, Bowl. We, we are not. Uh, it, it, but nobody cares about that. Let's talk about the conference championship. Well, but why? Game. So why do they have those games? Because there's nobody at them. Honestly, why? So that people can bet on them. I mean, don't be so naive to think that that's not why it's there. As somebody who may have occasionally decided to go and take interest in those games in the past, <laughs> the reason that they play those games is so that people who want to take interest in them you, can. You can't have bowls named after weed whackers. You can <laughs> if you want people to place to wager money on it. But there's nobody at them. It doesn't matter. People will place bets watching on TV. It's not about who goes. Don't you know that? That's Even in pro sports, they don't care as much about who goes down anymore. It's eyeballs on TV. It's okay, clicks so, on the computer. So, so then they can make more money if they if they have more teams. It's just a larger but I, issue. But there's for us. there's some reason that they're protecting it. Is my point. So I, I just think that it should be expanded. But I'm still waiting for the logical explanation. And where I thought you were going to go with it was that it's because they don't want it to run into finals. At which point I was going to possibly have to be bleeped don't. because. So, because that's non when they make that argument that's nonsense and I'll tell you why it's nonsense 
because the other night on a Wednesday night, I was watching Michigan versus North Carolina basketball tip off at 9.30 Eastern time. Student-athletes don't need sleep. Well, it's ridiculous. All right, let's get to the bowl, to the conference championships that we don't like anyway. Yeah. Pac-10 starts tonight, Utah-Washington. You'll be sitting home to watch, right? <laughs> you Pac-12. are. No, no, you are old because you, you just said Pac-10. Pac-12. <laughs> they'll be, you'll be sitting home to watch, right? Actually, we'll be down at the Sixers game, but Utah-Washington. I'll watch the second half of it. You think Washington wins yeah, it? Yeah, I, I think Washington wins it. Uh, Big 12, Texas-Oklahoma. I could see a scenario where Texas beats beats Oklahoma and that totally screws up. More important, do you see any scenario where they score less than a hundred points? No, that's a game where you take the over. So here, okay, so so I need to ask this question, right? How is it that a whole conference has no defense? You know, I wonder the same thing. Like how how is that possible that you the model of your entire conference? Is we all play offense and none of us play defense. No, nobody. None if of the you're a defensive player, why would you go to a school there when you're going to be drafted, giving up a ton of yards against those offenses? Well, can't but the, can't they get a good defensive coordinator to come to one of those schools? Uh, I don't and think it's going to happen tomorrow. I think you're going to see a lot of points scored. Uh, Northwestern, Ohio State, in the Big Ten. Man, how great would it be to see Northwestern you, win? But it's not. Are you happen. are you going to have a really hard time just knowing that that game's going on, Jeff? Your Michigan heart? No. Bleeding? No. See, uh, you've seen me write this before and probably say this is that part of being a Michigan alumni is is having the heartbreak. Yes. Well, your heartbreak uh, will continue. Clemson against Pittsburgh. Uh, What do you think will... Uh, So here's... uh, Do we need to save this for when you talk to Keith? No, I've I've seen Clemson... Up close, they're they're ridiculously good at every position. Even though they gave up five hundred yards passing, is there last a week. butt coming? Yeah, I th- well, they lost to Pitt two years ago, and Pitt was not as good. I I think Pitt has a running game, and I think that if they if they can play a controlled running game and just keep the ball away from, them, I think that this goes into the fourth quarter within a touchdown. But then I think Clemson scores like two or three touchdowns in two minutes. Alabama, Georgia, does Georgia have a chance? Does anybody have a chance against Alabama this season? If anybody's got a chance, it's Georgia. I don't know anybody else that can beat them this year. Uh, I, I think that'll be the, that. That might be the national championship. It, it game. should be the best game of the day in terms of the conference championships that are mm-hmm. being played. Uh, the AAC, Jeff, another conference that you like. Memphis playing UCF. <laughs> uh, we mentioned their their quarterback injury was ugly last week. Right. Uh, he, I'm not laughing at that. I'm no, laughing. He, Anytime I, mean, I think of UCF, I just think of their participation. Their participation trophy. Yeah. Um, you know, UCF is a a good story if they can win it with their backup quarterback now, stay undefeated. I would like them to win it just so that the college football has to deal with that mm-hmm. at this point. Like I just I, chaos. I, that's what you that's, want. I am I am uh-huh. rooting for chaos. That's that's all I want. They are going to become America's team this year because everybody wants chaos. They do. Um, Notre Dame's run the table. They're twelve and zero. Mountain West, Fresno State, and Boise State. The <laughs> conference you don't think is a real division, Jeff? Smurf turf. Smurf turf. I love that blue turf. I've been to the Smurf turf this year. It I, is blue. I love that blue turf. Uh, so that's what's going on on the it's conference great, it's schedule. It's the greatest gimmick recruiting gimmick ever. It is. It was a really good gambling mm-hmm. gimmick too, because people would watch the blue turf and go to <laughs> play out for Boise State. Um, can you tell that gambling is legalized now in the area, Jeff? Uh, n- jumping ahead real fast for next week. So yeah. Temple's actually going to wait to hear they've they finished their season. They're eight and four. Finished mm-hmm. seven and one. Uh, their their only loss is uh, to UCF in yeah. conference. Had a pretty good season after mm-hmm. a tough start. I think they're going to get a good bowl. They'll wait to hear from a bowl game. Rutgers, mm-hmm. on the other hand, will not be in a bowl game. They're not even going to wait. They were actually up at Michigan State with like two minutes and 15 seconds left in the game. 
And then and somebody said, you're I Rutgers. I turned to my wife and I go, Rutgers is winning. <laughs> I go, but that probably won't last long. And I literally got a score alert about 30 seconds later that Michigan State had scored. And then I got another score alert 30 seconds later that said Michigan State, Michigan State had won. And so that was the season as a Rutgers fan. Uh, Villanova done their season at five and six. Mm-hmm. Jeff, next weekend in Philly's Army-Navy. You've been before, right? It's one of the greatest sporting events you could possibly go to. You know it's a bucket list item for mm-hmm. me, right? So my wife surprised me and got me a ticket to the game. You will I know you're mad time. that you're not going with me. I know. Why, why couldn't she get you two tickets? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I'm sure she could have. I think it, I just wanted to go by it, myself, uh, hang every, out. Everybody that's ever, that, that I ever talk to who's going to that game for the first time, I tell them the same thing, which is that is the one game to, to get there an hour early. And get to your seat. I will it's absolutely all of the tradition. I'm very love. excited to be able to do that one. Let's leave college football there. It's, it's the only hostage exchange that actually is, is fun to watch. Is fun to watch. Yes. Okay, I'm gonna wait on the Eagles until after Keith. I want to go to the Flyers, Jeff. What oh, happened? Switching it up. Huh? What happened this week? Well, if if you want to talk about betting. Who had gritty lasting longer than Hextall this season? Who lasted longer than Hextall? <laughs> Tell me who had that. I was shocked. Yeah, Apparently, you're... Ron Hextall was shocked, too. He held a press conference today saying that he didn't see the move coming at all. What does that say about your front office? No, what does that say about you, too? Seriously. Who, who doesn't see their own termination well, coming if they have their eyes open? Hextall's right? explanation was that there was a three-stage process. The first stage uh, the was process. shedding the salary cap, which ironically is he from... very good at. Which ironically is from Paul Holmgren's time in leadership. So he's gone for making those tough decisions that had to be made. Then okay. it was to have What's the young players... Two? To grow the young players, okay. and and part three was go time, and he said in this wait, press wait, conference, wait, wait, what was point part three? Go time. What what is part three? What is go time? Uh, your team is good enough to compete. What? He did not believe that they were ready for go uh, time. I, I am I am literally. I am speechless. so glad I didn't tell you this before. We got yeah. On the whoa, 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 whoa. So when when was go time planned for? Not this season, apparently. No, no. You have, part of having a plan means there has to be a timeline. So uh, when's go time? He didn't share that with me, Jeff. Oh, okay. I'm just letting you know he said it wasn't go time. Maybe he should have told Holmgren when it was go time. Look, we've talked about this before. When your mascot makes Did more headlines. Did he really say it, that? Yes. He really said that the three-stage process included go time. Yes. That was the third stage. Yes. I'm so glad I didn't wow. tell you that before we went on the air. Your reaction's fantastic. I, I have a lot of respect for Hextall, but that... But that <laughs> so... So which, I'm going to ask I, you, which I made really more news did. this week? The fact that Hextall got fired or that Gritty got a bobblehead? Well, I didn't know Gritty got a bobblehead. <laughs> but you didn't know why you Hextall got me. fired either, so yeah. you're just not paying close and, attention. And then when you showed me the picture of Gritty's bobblehead, it looks like his face is melting off, <laughs> like like one of the characters in, in uh, Indiana Jones. Poor Gritty. Look, when your mascot's, you bad for when your mascot's making more headlines than your team, you've got problems. I mean, that's just, I mean... Where'd you get that from? Uh, yeah. It's, <laughs> I take every, all of my best stuff from you, Jeff. Don't worry. I, I, you, it, all right? I learned it by it, watching you. It, it, this is, you know, we talked about it last year. We talked about it at the beginning of the season with Sam Carcitti. The, the fact is, is that for some reason, the this group of Flyers, the sum is not as good. It's weaker than the parts. It, it, it just... It, it doesn't make any sense, but there is a time when you have to say, break it up and start over. And and that's the part that I don't think Hextall was willing to do. 
I don't think what he considered his core, he was not willing to let go of, or somebody was not willing to let go of them. They needed to start trading those pieces. They're not working together. They're not winning. There are young players here. For some reason, the biggest flaw that Hextall had was not getting a goalie. One of the greatest goalies in the history of this franchise, and he doesn't. The biggest weakness is he couldn't identify a goalie. Have our goalies uh, gotten injured lately? <laughs> they weren't good when they were healthy. They um, it, it, we he can't blame injuries. We haven't on had a goalie in a half good decade. When they you were healthy, you and I have been having the same conversation for two years. That until they solve their their problem at goaltending, they've got no solution to their problem. Well, I hear Bob Brovsky's available in trade now. Would you bring him back? <laughs> No, because I think that it'll just prolong the process and go time won't come anytime soon. You're just so upset that he I, is I go so time. desperately now need a go time shirt. <laughs> they, they, it, they're very <laughs> up and down. I mean, they played really well last Friday night against the Rangers, won 4 nothing at home. Then the next day they get blank 6 nothing against Montreal. It just They blew a lead the other night. Why do you keep laughing? I'm trying to have a serious conversation about sports, and you're laughing. Because I'm trying to picture... Sam Hinkie when he was describing the process, saying that the end, the last part was going to be go time. <laughs> You're having a really hard time with this. We're going to get all these draft picks together. We're going to draft a bunch of players that are going to be injured at, the, at their first season coming up. And then at some point, we're not telling you when, go time. <laughs> you, uh, you're having a little too much fun with that. I just think it's baffling. Here's the question, though. Does anything change this season for the Flyers? Like, are they going to make... They're going to bring in a new general manager pretty quickly, it seems. They're interviewing people right now. But but see, that's another problem. Doing this when they did it, it only makes this worse because now they're rushing to bring in a general manager. I would rather... Didn't we have the same problem over the summer with another Philadelphia team rushing to bring in a general manager? Or... Perceived yeah. being rushed, they took their time and brought it out in right. brand, but perceived being rushed because of the timing of it needing to have somebody there to make decisions about the future of the team. Right, but now you're in the middle of your season and you fired somebody. Paul Holmgren is is very capable of being the general manager if he wants to be. I'd rather him be there, him make the hard calls, and then bring in somebody after the season's over because... Now you're going to bring in an, another guy. I have no faith that Paul Holmgren will make the right calls. He's he, the whole reason. Here's my here. here's my prediction of of the press conference that whoever gets the job is going to give is they're going to go. What are you going to do with Hackstall? And he goes, I'm going to evaluate him for the rest of the season. Like then we're going to talk to him. They basically chopped so, his so legs out it. and told him to stay on the bench. Right. They fired some of his assistants. They fired his general manager and said, mm-hmm. Hey, go have a good time. Yeah. We still have gotten you a goalie. We have no solution to your defense. But don't worry, you're going to Paul do well. Needs, he needs to take responsibility for this. So if you're going to fire your general manager, start making the decisions now. So you have no faith that things will change this season. They're not going to make no. moves and move some of those players. We're just going to have another season of evaluating. Not Carter if you're, Hart not, maybe comes up the end of the season. If, if, the, if they're telling you the stated goal is to hire a general manager, then they're probably not going to make any decisions until that general manager is hired because if you're the guy interviewing for the job, you want to make those calls. You want to mold the team. So right now we're in this static position of mediocrity until they can figure out who they're going to get as a general manager. I just manager. wonder what, whether they go outside the organization. That's been a Flyers issue for years. You, you mean is, go outside the organization? Organization. Right. That's been a problem for years with that team is that they've 
they've had they kept the same philosophy because the people they bring in have been affiliated with that philosophy in the past. And so even when they come in from the outside, they sort of have the same concept, which hasn't proved that successful in the new NHL. Yeah, but see, and see, this is the my biggest problem with Hextall getting fired is that one of the things I read was a problem is that the Holmgren wing of the Flyers thought that there were the uh, the flyers were not committing enough penalties that they weren't being tough that's enough. definitely the problem well so that's the old oh, NHL that wasn't working the one thing I liked about what Hextall was doing is he was bringing in faster skill players and he was drafting faster skill players if there's any truth to them going back to the Broad Street bullies, that's not the NHL anymore. No, that's not. Whether a good you thing. want it to be, whether you, it's the good old times. The fact is, it's over. By the way, um, Johnny, I, I hate to bring you back to gritty, but did you see he crashed a wedding? <laughs> He's just everywhere. <sighs> well, yeah, but the fact is, now you keep bringing up gritty. I just you're, wanted, I just wanted to get that coincide. You were getting sucked into the gritty vortex. Well, I'm the problem all the time. I watch Thursday Night Football and hate it. I talk about gritty even though no, I don't want people can, talking you about No, but you got to stop. You can't get into the gritty I, vortex. I do. Before we hit the break and have Keith afterwards and then we'll talk uh, Eagles-Redskins, I want to talk about the Redskins for a second and their reaction to signing Reuben Foster, Jeff. Um, it's separate from a football issue. You want my reaction now? Yes, I do. You have five minutes. I'm nauseous. I'm going to give you the floor. So Reuben Foster was cut from the 49ers after his latest domestic violence incident with a girlfriend. It's more than just domestic violence for the team because the team had wanted him to stay away from her after the last incident. So they say that they and cut him. And that's not the only incident no, but, Reuben Foster But they Foster's say that had, they right? cut him because he violated their right. agreement, not because he had domestic violence. Mm-hmm. Allegedly, right? He but gets he had, cut. Didn't he have other issues when he, he was there? He has had other, like bringing a. Didn't he bring a gun to an airport? I don't remember. Was if that's that not him. him? You can't ask me questions like that. Okay. Here, I have to be able to research. Allegedly, before I, do that. I don't. Know. Allegedly, I don't okay. know. Um, but he. So this is the latest domestic violence in, incident. Right. Um, he's out there, and the Redskins claimed him without doing any research into what the situation was. Actually, the Eagles called at, to find out what the situation was. They were the only team that apparently called. However, Doug Williams, <laughs> yeah, when see, asked see, about you said this, said you were giving me the floor. I'm giving it to you. No, no. I want, I'm going I to want you. I want you to read this because I can't read. That's it why I'm giving. Yeah. I'm going to set it up for you and let you respond. Doug Williams, when asked about the domestic violence situation and them signing him, said, "We've got people who are, who are in high, 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 high places that have done far worse, and if you look at it realistically, they're still up there." This is small potatoes compared to a lot of things out there. Jeff, the floor is yours. Small potatoes. Tell me about small potatoes. Beating up a woman is now small potatoes in the NFL. Mind you, Colin Kaepernick is still not signed for taking a knee. Yeah, that's not, but, but that's not, you can't. you could just beat up a woman mm-hmm. and it's small potatoes because people in high, 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 high positions I think you're are high. <laughs> able to stay in that position you know why? Because people like Doug Williams don't have the courage to take a stand and not sign somebody who does that. I'm trying to figure out where the floor is that I'm getting. <laughs> I, I just, I, I'm just, go ahead. Now you're gonna let me talk? I just, I, I can't believe he should be fired. It's very simple. That that was the that, response. You, you, you cannot say that now. I do crisis you, communications for a living. You can't say that the ever. NFL is trying to get past this issue. 
And one of its front office faces of a team. I mean, Doug Williams is is a big part of the Washington organization. Comes out and calls domestic violence small potatoes. I don't want to hear an explanation from him. I don't want to hear I'm sorry. I don't want to hear anything. You have plenty of time to think before those words came out of your mouth. Those are the words that he chose. And that's as the person speaking for the organization. Those are the words that the organization chose. That organization has been a mess. It is a mess. It will continue to be a mess. And Reuben Foster and Washington deserve each other. But the, if I see one person wearing a Foster jersey, I think I'm going to be I don't cautious. know whether he actually ends up playing for Washington. He's on the commissioner's list. Who knows why, what they why actually Why did they do? pick him up then? What was the That's reason? That's what I don't understand. Is, did they think this was going to be big for their playoff drive? They didn't drive? think the blowback would be bad, and they tried to say, well, we talked to his hold college on, teammates, no, but no. they didn't even stop, ask them. Stop, stop, stop. Are, are you serious? What human being could possibly think that blowback wouldn't be that bad? Are, that's a, you didn't that, ask me if it was a good reason. No, but, you but asked me why I'm, they I'm would do it. I'm not blaming you. I'm saying that the fact that they are that deaf to this situation, that they don't understand that there was going to be blowback to this, shows you how tone deaf they are to their surroundings. Well, we will have to see what happens. The Eagles will play the Redskins on Monday night. We'll talk about them more in a second. Jeff, why don't we hit the break? When we come back, we'll have uh, Keith Pompey on to talk a little Sixers with us. You looking forward to that? Absolutely. All right, let's go to break. Stick with us. Are you looking for a lifeline? Verizon New Jersey Shares Communication Lifeline is a statewide nonprofit that provides assistance to individuals and families living in New Jersey, those who are in need of temporary help in paying their communication and energy bills. Want to know how to apply? All you need to do is call Verizon New Jersey Shares at one 1- or visit on the web at www.newjerseyshares.org. It's quick and easy to sign up, but remember, you must be a Verizon residential landline customer to apply for eligible programs. That's Verizon New Jersey Shares, keeping the lines of communication open for you and your family. Taking you into the weekend with the latest news in the world of sports. With the biggest names on and off the field. It's the Heart of Sports each and every Friday at 4 p.m. on 610 ESPN with former players, reporters, and commentators like Adam Schefter, John Runyon, Keith Jones, Trey Thomas, and Doug Glanville. Jason Springer and Jeff Cohen cover the agony and ecstasy of fandom while weaving in conversations about the impact of sports on society. That's the Heart of Sports, Fridays at 4 p.m. Welcome back to the Heart of Sports on 610 ESPN. I'm Jason Springer here in studio with Jeff Cohen. Jeff, uh, after the show today, we're going to go down to the Sixers game tonight, see them play the Wizards. Looking forward to it? The Wiz. The Wiz. The former Washington Bullets. I'm going to get the heads up on what to expect now because we've got Keith Pompey on the line. Keith, how you doing? Hey, I'm doing well. How you guys doing? Uh, we can't complain. Another fun week in the land of Sixers world. Go ahead, Jeff. Hey, Keith, I have, I have a question for you. How tired are your fingers? Because... You seem to be the one of the most prolific writer over the last two weeks. <laughs> you are on fire with the number of articles that have come out. You're pumping out stories, Keith. Let's just say that I had to take a nap today. <laughs> <laughs> you know, woke up and was like, oh, another day. <laughs> you know what well, I mean? well, is, well, is that you're taking a nap to get ready for the Clemson Pitt ACC championship game, or is that for the Sixers? You know, it's funny because I was down there 
what, a couple of weeks ago, and, and I had, like, you know, dinner with one of my former, you know, college uh, classmates. Uh-huh. And he was sitting there talking about, we have a chance. I'm like, dude, you need to drink, whatever you're drinking, you need to, like, like get some water, chase it <laughs> with water, because I don't know what you're talking about. Hey, I, Nah, I, we have a chance. No, we don't. <laughs> uh, I, hey, listen, if you if you were listening before, and I, and I texted you about this, I was at the Clemson football game Saturday, and uh-huh. their offense mm-hmm. is through the roof. Their their defense is not so good. Pitt's got a decent mm-hmm. running game. Sort of like the Sixers, Keith. Yeah. <laughs> Pitt's, Pitt's, yeah. Got, Pitt's got a good running game, and if they can hold the ball and just play control offense, I think that they can hang mm-hmm. in there until the fourth quarter, and then they're going to give up three touchdowns in two minutes. So you're telling Keith there's a chance. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, there's a chance. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, now that we've tell your friend I want some of what he had. Though. Now that we've given you something yeah. else to talk about, um, we're gonna I, get. To I'm the, scared of that. But go ahead. <laughs> we're gonna get to the topic you don't want to talk about anymore. I heard you on your podcast today. You said you were taking a break from talking about Markel Fultz, but that is never ever going to happen in your life, Keith Pompey. Um, you will be talking Markel Fultz for a very long time. Can you explain to me what in the world is going on with this basketball player, please? <laughs> Um. Wow, you know, it, it, it's to me it, what it seems like. You have a guy who lost his spot, who agent and um are trying to save his career, and they're coming up with an injury to make it seem like he's hurt. You know what I mean? Um. So are they shopping for like a doctor me. who's going to say that? I mean, I you know I I haven't spoken to the agent. And um, in a while, so I I don't know, but it sounds that way. You know what I mean? I I don't you know. Or, or let's face it, you see enough people. I mean, someone's going to find something, right? I mean, you know, like last year he saw X amount of doctors and no one found anything. And, I mean, no one found anything. And then all of a sudden they go to Kentucky, and the guy says. You know, you have shoulder imbalance, which does not shut you down for basketball. So no one found anything. So, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they came back with, a, you know, a, a, a something, you know, a diagnosis, and he'll probably get shut down for a little bit. So, you know, it, it's a sad situation. I saw you say that um, I was reading your stories. He he wouldn't mind a change of scenery. He's no longer in the Sixers' long-term plans, potentially. What, did his, what is his value right now? And um, where does the team go from here? They, I mean, can you trade a guy who's going to see doctors and not even playing? You know, see, that's a great question because, you know, it's, it's one of those things where, and what I mean by no longer in, in long-term plans, you know, a couple sources said that. And the reason being is when you look at it, I'm just going to give you some background. Like when you look at it, now the team is trying to win now, not develop players, right? You have Jimmy Butler now, Markel, you know, you, you, you look at TJ McConnell, he gives them a better option as the backup point guard. So Markel is lost. I mean, he's left out there. But in regards to trading him, I mean, his value right now is, is low of someone who was a first overall pick. I mean, what you could possibly do is you can try to trade him, you know, for a late first rounder, maybe a second round pick, or you can try to get someone with an expiring contract. But in order to trade him, it has to be to a team that's really, 
it was been intrigued by him in the draft and really want you know wanted to take a look at him, you know. Um, but let's just say if you think you can get some more value and you can salvage it, then you have to say to yourself, like, you know, am, am I willing to have this guy on my roster with this type of salary making, you know, who's going to make like $10 million the year after next or 12 the year after next? Which could so, impact, I mean, that's a big commitment. Which, huh? which could impact their ability to, to extend a Jimmy Butler or sign somebody else by having that salary on, correct? Yeah, I think they, I mean, they'll be fine with Jimmy Butler. It's just when you get on to someone else, you know what I mean? And, and and that's the thing. It's because, you know, right now, you know, they can give Jimmy Butler some money, but they can use that extra to go out there and give someone else, like, you know, a, a, a lucrative contract. It might not be a, enough space for two maxes, but you, you'll be able to give Jimmy Butler something to someone else a lucrative, or you can go out and add two pieces to, you know, a, a nice contract. It's not very lucrative, but, you know, you have some change to go towards two other people. All right, so let, let's talk about somebody who is actually playing. <laughs> Last week I talked to a, a director of player personnel of another team who said that they were surprised that the Sixers voided the last two years of Maz's contract. And mm-hmm. said that he was going to that he was still young, was developing, and just needed to fill out his body. It seems like now that he's getting the chance to play, that he's now contributing to the point. Was it worth voiding a two million dollar contract for next year and a three million dollar contract for the next year? No, it wasn't, and you know it was what two point zero three million that they voided, and no, because. You know, like like you said, uh, you know, Korkmaz, is 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 he a does he need to grow his defense? Yes. Does he need to cut down on some mistakes? Yes. But you see his shot, and you see how he comes in and he gives you buckets. And when he does it, he doesn't look nervous at all. The thing is, now this is the limit that the Sixers have. You know, they're always saying we got to go out and get shooters. We have to go out and get shooters. Well, Korkmaz is a quality shooter that you're going to have. And now what's going to happen is because they didn't pick up his option, you know, he's going to become a free agent next year. And all the Sixers can offer him is that 2.03 mil, whereas any other team can offer him more. So he's gone. So the Sixers, they kind of screwed themselves, so to speak, by not giving him that money. And it's, I mean, but not it's, picking up that option. It seems, mm-hmm. I mean, you were watching a game the other night. I was, I was listening to Ala talk on, on the broadcast on TV about his physical development as a player, his, the broadening of his shoulders, him really getting more comfortable out there. Is, is it just that he's young to grow into it? They haven't given him the chance yet? Where is this coming from that all of a sudden he's getting more comfortable in his own shoes? Well, I think what it was is I think that uh, Brett Brown didn't like his defense. I mean, his defense is a weakness. Has he seen the rest and of the team other, play? Uh, yeah, and, and that's <laughs> part of it, right? But I, but that was it. And, and I think that the only reason why he's playing, if they did not make that trade and he and he had to go out there and play because they only had, what, nine guys available? I mean, if he didn't – I mean, if that trade didn't happen, Korkmaz will probably still be on the bench. But then he goes out there and he has – what, a career-high, what, 14 points or 12 points. Then he comes back with a career-high 16 points. 
And in both games, you know, he's shooting four threes. I think one game he was four for six or something like that. So, you know, I, it, it's not a matter of his shoulders got any broader and this and that. It's just a matter of that, hey, they had to play him because they didn't have anyone else. And he basically took advantage of the moment. Jimmy Butler has played in eight games as a Sixer. He's hit a walk-off game-winning shot in a quarter of them. Uh, what have you seen? You know, giving out sneakers to everybody in the organization seems to really be trying to fit in. What have you seen from the start of the Jimmy Butler era at, with the Sixers? And did he give you a pair of sneakers? <laughs> nah. And then the thing about it is that would have been one a two hundred dollars that I'll have to give back. <laughs> I'm like, nah, bro. You're like, keep nah, your sneakers. Uh-uh, uh-uh. Yeah, keep your sneakers, man. Keep them. Like, but anyway. <laughs> Now you got a discount, but <laughs> but, uh, but um, the um, you know, it, it, it's the thing is, you know, Jimmy Butler was supposed to come in here and tear the Sixers apart. You know, he was supposed to be just this mean guy, this bully, so to speak. And you know, right now he's just—I don't even know. Like, it's hard to say if he's going out of his way to do things, or if is he trying to like sway people. But, you know, you talk to everyone, and everyone says what a great guy he is, you know. And, and the thing about Jimmy Butler is, you know, he's all about work ethic and, and, and working hard. And um, I, I think he also wants to be wanted. He wants to be the guy. And I'm not saying, like, as far as, you know, everybody has to run stuff through him. But at the same time, you know, he wants to be, you know, you know he, like when he, was, when he was there, he was like the third fiddle. Here, you know, he's a part of the group. Like, he's the big three. And, see, Jimmy Butler knows what's going on. You know, he doesn't have to complain about, hey, give me the ball. I mean, everyone who watches the games, everyone who writes about it, who coaches the game, guys on his teammates, everyone knows that the 76ers are much better in the fourth quarter when the ball is in his hands. So what he does is, huh? He's a closer. Say it again? He's a closer. He's a closer. Yeah. He's a closer. And now look at this and then think about it, though. So, you know, he'll go along and he says, no, I don't want the ball. I'm trying to be I'm trying to be the teammate. You know, I'm trying to be the perfect teammate. But he knows at the end of the day, if they want to win, the ball has to be in the hands of the closer. So he's like sitting in a great situation right now. So now the other shooter that we have is Landry Shamit, who seems to be fitting mm-hmm. in quite well. Uh, how does that impact Zaire Smith when he's ready to come back, or should we not worry about that because Zaire Smith probably won't come back? This you year? know, you know, yeah, I don't think we're going to, have to worry about that this year. I mean, just by based on conversation, I think that you know when we we'll, when we when we do write stories on Zaire Smith, we'll probably be going down to the G League and you know covering him there and seeing how he does. We'll tell you what um, we see, but, Keith. Don't worry, we're there. Uh, <laughs> But But here's the thing about them. They're two completely different players. So I don't think it it will affect them. You know what I mean? And and the thing about Zaire, he wasn't expected, you know, like he wasn't expected to get any minutes at all this year. He was going to be a guy who who got some garbage time and and a guy who spent most of the season in the G League. Uh, Joel Embiid's dominance uh, continues. Uh, Double-doubles left and right. How are you mm-hmm. seeing he and Ben playing together? It seems like Ben and 
and Jimmy Butler are are pretty comfortable with themselves. How are you seeing the rotations with the three players on the court at the same time and then sort of figuring out their spacing and who needs to be where and, and what they're doing? Um, you know, I, I think that the spacing between Joel and, and, and Jimmy, you know, it's going to take a little bit of time to get better because, you know, both of them, you know, you know, Jimmy isn't like a J.J. Reddick, so to speak. I mean, he can hit the three, but, you know, I, I think that, you know, he's more of a mid-range guy. So I think that that's the one thing that's going to have to adjust a little bit for Joe. You know, as far as with Ben and Joe, I don't really see it being a problem. You know, I, I see more like, because if you look at it in the clutch time, Jimmy has the ball. Um, and if and, and Joe's still getting his numbers, you know, like he had 30 and and, and 10 a couple games ago. So he's still getting his numbers. Um, but I think that it's only going to get better because you've got to realize these guys, as of yesterday, was like their third practice. And they didn't even go hard since they had Jimmy Butler. So I think that, you know, come January, you know, everything should be a whole lot better. Now, I'm not saying making an excuse if they lose a game, like, hey, they only practice such and such. But I just think that the spacing and everything should approve by that time. I'm going to give you a plug for your podcast. I was listening Locked on Sixers. Uh, you're having a conversation about targets for the team to continue to try and help. And you were talking about your thought that they need a two-way player, that you didn't really think that Kyle Korver would have been that guy to help. Mm-hmm. You weren't disappointed to see him go to Utah and mention sort of a Trevor Ariza or Jamal Crawford. Can you talk about what you think the team needs in terms of a defensive presence rather than some other pieces that people are talking about? Ooh, can I make a suggestion? Sure, go ahead. There's a guy tonight, Markeith Morris. If you listen to Keith's po- I know. podcast, he talks about that. What do you think, Keith? <laughs> Man, stop lying, bro. You know you didn't listen. <laughs> I did. Jeff so. didn't. No, we actually know, do I listen. Jeff. I listen. Oh, okay. Jeff yeah. doesn't. Oh. Oh, all right. I was about to. I was about to talk about the football game. <laughs> but, no, I'm but, being serious. I listened and heard the conversation about Trevor Ariza and Kyle Korver, and and you seem to have a different take than others because some people are like, "Oh, they just need another shooter." Jeff and I have had the nah. conversation about how they need a defensive presence and a four as much as anything else. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with y'all 100. I mean, they need they need a defensive presence. I mean, we're talking about. You know, everybody keeps saying we need another shooter. The Sixers need another shooter. Landry Shamit's a shooter. Furkan Korkmaz is a shooter. Mike Muscala is a shooter. He's also right your backup now. center now, apparently. Yeah, he's not a defender, He's also though. your backup. <laughs> exactly. Nor is Furkan Korkmaz, and nor is Landry Shamit. You know what I mean? J.J. Reddick's a shooter. He's not a defender. They need someone to go out there and who can be able to make stops. And if you want to get someone, get a, get a two-way guy. You know what I mean? Get a two-way guy. Like, you know, if, if you want a power forward, like I, I like Marquise Morris. You know, I don't I don't know who they would have the package to get him, but I would like to see Marquise Morris in a Sixers uniform because he can become, you know, the starting power forward, right? You could bring – you can that will enable you to bring Wilson Chandler off the bench and play two positions. He could play the three and the four. But Marcus Morris – Marquise, excuse me, can be the starting four – he he's a defensive guy, so he'll like he'll, he can protect Embiid because he's gritty. But then also, when you leave him open, he's going to stick to three. He's going to stretch the defense. Like he's kind of like Mike Muscala, but a way better player. You know what I mean? With, with, with like the defensive <laughs> <He's close>. intensity. 
I mean, what I mean is, you know, so I didn't want to kill the guy, but that's what he is. He's a better player. J- so, J- you know, just so you know, don't take it personally. Jason's not laughing because of that. Every time he, someone says gritty, he he gets all <laughs> silly. Oh, so, he gets scared. He gets Keith still. Yeah. You're thinking of him, yeah, thinking about the Flyers mascot. Uh-huh. He's those, afraid of him. Those googly eyes scare me, Keith. Yeah. Well, so, more, so but, but Morris Morris is on an expiring contract, so he wouldn't cost that much. No, he wouldn't. But you know what? If you're a team, I'm pretty sure you're going to say, "Hey, would you?" I mean, <laughs> there's a lot of other teams that right. want him. I mean, what are you going well, to give me? Well, let me ask you. You, know you, I mean? you mentioned Wilson Chandler coming off the bench. Would you move a Chandler for a Markeith Morris in terms of a fit, or would you try to do it with picks and not players? I think if you move to Chandler for Marquise Morris, then you're back basically back where you are. I mean, yeah, you have a a better guy. I mean, a little bit, but they're they're similar. You know what I mean? And then all of a sudden, you're still going to need someone to help defend, um, you know, provide some defense and and some versatility to the second unit. I mean, I, I they just need an extra body. I mean, that's what it is. I mean, and Jack, again, Jack, I'm you got your shoe sure. ready? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not big enough. enough <laughs> so. <laughs> All right, so that's so, what they need. I got I got two questions, and I know you got to get down to the arena. Um, first off, you've covered basketball for a long time. Have you ever heard of a peripheral muscle injury? Nah. Uh. Uh-uh, Where uh-uh. did you find that from? So uh, I was going to give you both a medical test, but apparently uh, Dwight yeah. Howard is now out for two months. Yes. Oh, that's like butt surgery, right? Yes. Yeah. So, so. yeah I never heard someone say. Yeah. I didn't know what you were saying when you said yeah. it. For years, players, yeah. other players have been saying he's a pain in the butt. It turns out he's that it got was a medically correct. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Com- my, yeah, I feel my, bad for the guy. My co-host is a comedian. Did you know that, Keith? <laughs> he's been waiting for that all day. Yeah. He he didn't even. Yeah. Tell me about that in show prep. He saved that That's to right. spring that on us on the air. All right, so Keith, here, here's <laughs> what I'm leaving you with. What is going to be the score, uh, the, your prediction for the ACC championship? For the ACC championship? Yep. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> you can go uh, realistic and then 30. go homer if you want. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm going I'm, to I'm go. I'm going to go. Okay, I'm going to go. A die, die hard pit fan, yeah. pit grad. We lose thirty five to ten. That's a die hard. Yeah, that's yeah, a die hard. You sound so like you me. I'm a, I'm, I'm a Rutgers grad. When I talk about my team, it's like, well, if we show up at the game, it's a success. So you know. Yeah. All right. So I mean, I just don't know. I mean, I, I just think it's going to be tough because all they do, they run. I mean, they run the ball well, but uh-huh. if you stop that. You can't keep trying to run the ball. Like yeah, Clemson ball. can't stop can't stop anything on defense right now. And just for fun, uh, SEC championship. Who's winning, Georgia or Alabama? I want to see Georgia win because I want to see both of those teams go to the playoffs. <laughs> a lot, but, um, a lot of people want to. You're see rooting Georgia for chaos win. too, huh? Yeah, I'm rooting for chaos. There you but, go. Um, well, we will. Uh, yeah, I want to see Georgia win. Well, we will look for you down at the Wells Fargo Center tonight. Uh, look, potentially a shootout down there between the Sixers and the Wizards. Thank you so much for always joining us and explaining uh, what's going on in Sixers land. All right, thanks for having me on, fellas. Have a great Take one, care. Keith. All right, bye bye. Jeff, um, I, I talked to Keith about it. I still don't understand Mark Fultz's injury. Um, it, it's something that we we. I think the only way to deal with this now is to literally forget about him, and if if he comes around, then fine. It's it's not worth it anymore. Not that he's not worth it, but the 
it's only going to lead you to be frustrated because you're not going to get an answer. And and for, you know, when Colangelo was here, the big issue was that people thought he was the one holding back information. In this, I don't blame the organization because I really don't. No, think, they don't have it. I, they don't I have don't the information. Th- Fultz's people aren't sharing or, it. Or they have the information and Fultz's people just don't want that to be the, the dialogue. They I, don't they don't want the narrative to be that he is the next Chuck Knobloch. They want the dial. They want to change that dialogue by making it a physical. Injury. Now that you've asked your Dwight Howard question, I see why you giggled so much when you wrote it down before the show started and <laughs> didn't tell me what it was. Well played. Okay. Well, have you ever heard of that injury? No. no. He's going to be out. For I mean, I've heard th- of people saying you're a pain in the butt, but I've never heard of he, he, that actual he injury. He literally needs butt surgery. I know. Okay. I, I saw that. All okay. Right. Uh, we have about four minutes left. Do you want Phillies or Eagles? I never thought I'd ask you that question. Phillies or Eagles? Let's Jeff? go Eagles. We can Let's talk go about, Eagles. Yeah, we get. We'll have the did winter you, meetings. To did talk you Did you watch in a Dallas weeks. and New Orleans last night? I watched the first quarter. Okay, um, New Orleans, which is more than I usually. New watch Orleans did not help football. us at all. Um, Dallas won the game. Uh, not good for the birds, but who knows what they're gonna do anyway? They come back and win last week against the Giants. It was mm-hmm. a tale of two halves, down nineteen to three at one it was point. A tale of one really bad coach, which was it, Pat Shermer. How does he not give the ball to Saquon Barkley? I don't know. I don't. I, it was like he just gave up on offense totally. He also wasn't passing the ball to Beckham either. It just. It I'm made, not quite sure what the plan was there, and and so far the Giants don't seem to know what the plan was either. But uh, Eagles fans can be thankful that Pat Shermer was the coach last. It week. was good to see Wentz take the team on a 10 play, 50 yard drive, set up the field goal. Those are things you want to see. I know everybody's like, oh, you know, whatever. But when your team has been struggling the way that this team has. You need to start rebuild some of that confidence. You still have the division as bad as they played this year. You still have the division as a possibility because of who else is in the division. And you have it right in front of you because Monday night you have Washington coming in here. And if you take care of business, starting with Washington, then you still have a chance to win the division. The problem is, is this is not a Super Bowl team this year. With all these injuries and the problems they have on defense, no matter what happens, even if they win the division, the Saints and the Rams, those are two really good teams. Well, and it's it's where they're going to play. I mm-hmm. mean, the Saints are a different team when they're outside the Dome. L.A. is a, a really good team, but again, they go on the road and you well, see Well, the Saints were in a Dome last night. Yeah, but the, their home Dome, they're a different team right. than when, they're, when they play on the road. Um, it, okay, so... The team is getting a little bit healthy. Apparently, Darren Sproles may play Monday night. Do you expect him to actually suit up and be on the field? No, I expect that we're going to get a report on Saturday that he had a setback. Okay, Sidney Jones. And by the way, that's not based on any inside knowledge. It's just just the hamstring. Uh, Do you think that they will stick with Josh Adams in the running game, who has played well, got 49 carries for 262 yards and two touchdowns in his last five games? What choice do you have? Are you really, I mean... You're you're stuck with it. You hope that he matures and continues to get better as a running back. But Josh Adams is not a star. He's not. He's not like he's not coming out of nowhere like Alvin Kamara did. Are they going to be able to work Golden Tate into this offense? I was excited when they got him, and you you were on the other side of that. I you was. thought that they needed a running back. You thought they need. We both thought they needed a defensive back. Uh, the offense has Told struggled so. with Tate on the field. Can they figure this out? I don't know. I don't I don't I told you when they when they brought him in, I thought something was wrong. I don't know if he's not healthy. I don't know what the story is. 
but they certainly haven't used him like he's fully available and has all the skills that you're used to Golden Tate having. I want to go back to Dallas, New Orleans for a second. I know you didn't see the game, but I asked mm-hmm. you to watch the replay of the hit by Jalen Smith on Alvin Kamara. There is no such thing as helmet-to-helmet contact. If All that he did count, was, was hit simple. him with his helmet. and, and His I, hands were down. And I don't understand. Like I was saying to you, last season's what is a catch in the NFL is this season's what is yeah, a but, legal hit. But you're, but you're using an example that should not count as an example because there is nobody on this earth that should look at that play and say that's not. He didn't hit him with any other part of his body than his helmet. No, his hands were down. He made no effort he to launched. tackle him. That it was a high hit, so it wasn't like the guy was falling down and and you're you know you can't avoid it. He went for his helmet, and and he almost knocked him out because if you saw when Kamara went to get up, he was wobbling. I was shocked he and came he back in the game. Have been back in the game. He went into the blue tent, and got checked out, and must have gotten clear. But I was shocked when he was back in the How game. How do you get cleared if you can't stand? I he definitely looked a little wobbly. Uh, Jeff, we're going down to the Sixers game tonight. Thirty seconds. What are we going to say? A win. Lots of points. Mm-hmm. All right. Not a lot of defense. Not a lot of defense. Uh, We'll be back with everybody next week. Thank you so much for joining us this week. Make sure to join us next Friday night as we help you start your weekend in style. Have a great one, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.